Welcome to Your Heart is Calling. I'm your host, Jenny Ostai. I believe that getting quiet enough to hear what our heart is trying to tell us is one of the keys to unlocking true joy in life. And for the past few years, I've been on a quest to quiet my own monkey mind and shift toward a more heart-centered and intentional life. I can't wait to dive into the many things that have helped me explore my own identity and truth, like awareness mindset, energy healing, intentional living, and so much more. If you're feeling the call to stop overthinking everything so you can tap into your own intuition and guidance from within, I'm so glad you've landed here. Because when we find peace, love, and joy on the inside, life takes on a whole new vibe. Hello, my friends. Today is a big day on the podcast because I have my very first guest. I asked a good friend of mine, Brianne Grogan, to chat with me about dance and movement and the mind-body connection. It's something both of us are super passionate about. So I hope you find our conversation interesting and take away a few tips on how to integrate more movement into your routine if that's something you struggle with. Enjoy the show. Hello. Thank you so much, Brianne, for being here with me today on the podcast. I am so excited. Just if you could start with just a quick intro of maybe who you are, how we know each other, and then we'll just start diving in and talking about um, all things, I don't know, just dance and movement and whatever comes up. Oh, I'm so excited, Jenny. Like, (laughs) it's such a pleasure to see you doing a podcast right now and for me to be a guest on it. What a cool, cool thing. Cause we've known each other for so long. We met, oh, well, gosh, I mean, it was junior high, but it was, yeah. it was seventh grade, right? I think it was seventh I think grade. So. Or I think I felt, I felt like I had met you before in like grade school, but really yeah. we became friends in, friends. in like junior high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. we were tight. Our group was so tight. We had so much fun. We have made so many memories together yeah. and, um, so much has changed since then as far as like directions and like who we've become. And yeah. we, I mean, really, if we're kind of focusing, I guess, on movement today, I'd say, you know, thinking back to those junior high days and high school days and all of that, I think you and I, even though we were am- amazing friends, I think we had some real differences as far as like movement and relationship to movement and sports and our bodies and all of that. I was super disconnected and I certainly can't speak for you, Jenny, but you always seemed so connected and like in your body. And I was not at all, at all, at all. And so going back to those awkward teenage years. (laughs) Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, it's the exact reason that I thought of you to have this conversation because I feel like we came from like really different viewpoints, but Oddly, I feel like maybe we're in a like a really similar viewpoint now, which maybe we'll get to. But yeah, my experience was actually like I did gymnastics and like a little bit of ballet and things like that, that like taught you how to be more aware of your body and then went on to like dance team in high school. And then I've always had kind of dance as a part of my life. Um, And it's so interesting because it brought different struggles for me, which is a lot more about being like taking on the perfectionist side of it and like worrying about doing it perfectly in front of others and things like that. So it's like, I love just talking about how, you know, the experiences are so different yet. We're kind of both learning things along the way about like, you know, how we become the people we are, you know? Yeah, totally. And I mean, the perfectionist thing definitely showed up in me too, but in other 
other ways, like other mm-hmm. more like schooling, schoolwork, um, leadership, like doing all the things. I was the one who, d- you know, both, both of us, yeah, I mean, we both did. We're, yeah. we're the ones who did all the things constantly busy, constantly going from junior high, high school, college and beyond, you know? Yeah. And so for me, interestingly enough, your experience with dance really kind of had something to do with perfectionism and like, you know, getting the moves right. And maybe choreography and things mm-hmm. like that, if I'm hearing you right. And yeah. 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 And for me, it's actually been the the opposite. Whereas for me, dance, the way I perceive dance these days, which is completely unstructured, unchoreographed has helped me really soften some of that perfectionism, which is yeah. so like magical. And I just, I think it's really cool to have different styles of dance all are good choreographed dance and you know learning steps and moves and having routines figured out is so cool and so beautiful and great for your brain yeah. I was just gonna for- say I think it oh. yeah it exercises some interesting you know just yeah it it, it challenges your brain and your mind in a different way yeah. um, whereas like you said the softness of dance and like the expression of beauty essentially that comes from just allowing your body to do what it wants to do. Um, yeah. So what are the, like, at what point did you start exploring this? And like, was there anything specifically that like, you were like, Oh my gosh, okay. I get this. Like now I'm feeling into my heart or like, I'm understanding like how this, how this is like different than, yeah. Like you said, you were kind of like peeling back the perfectionism. Sure. Yeah. So I'd say I started getting more into my body when I started running and Mm. definitely not dance. (laughs) You know, dance was always terrifying for me going to school dances, going to like, oh man, I remember traumatic experiences with dance at slumber parties way back when when it was like all the girls were laying around on the ground. It's like, okay, everybody stand up and and dance and show us all your dance moves. And, you know, everyone would kind of stand up and do these dance moves from the nineties. And I, you know, I remember standing up and doing my dance and just sort of like moving my feet in like weird little, like hopping. I didn't know what I was doing you know? And so (laughs) those types of experiences, terrifying, but I discovered running and I started doing long distance running in, in track and cross country in, in high school primarily. And that's one sport I could do because like just sports in general, I was typically basically picked last for the teams in PE class. Cause I was no good. I literally had zero coordination and all of those types of exercise type sport type things were terrifying for me. And Mm. so running, but I loved the social aspect and I loved like, you know, hanging out with my friends. And so I wanted to be involved in sports and um, running was something I could do. And I found that, I mean, you didn't have to be fast, particularly fast to do long distance. I was never a sprinter either. So I just kind of, I had endurance and that was one thing I really did have quite well. And so I was able to just keep running <laughs> and, and usually I'd be like last off the line when, especially in cross country races, I was usually very slow off the line, the starting line, but I did have that endurance and I had that drive and I had that energy. And so I usually did okay. By the end of the race, I'd be in the top couple, a couple of folks, you know, cause I, I just kept almost increasing my speed throughout the race rather than burning out fast and then yeah. dropping 
back. So that gave me some wins, you know, wins as far as being in my body, mm-hmm. as far as movement and being like, oh, maybe I do have a sport that I can be decent at and have fun with. And I also was starting around that time of my life to experience more and more um, mood issues, mood issues, anxiety and depression and things like that, that got much more pronounced when I was in college. So I would Mm -hmm. say for the most part in junior high, high school, I was pretty happy-go-lucky, but the mood thing started creeping in, which was very related to some all sorts of lifestyle issues, all sorts of random things that we don't need to get into today, (laughs) but movement and running in particular really helped me, um, you know, release the endorphins, like just be in my body and kind of move the energy through that was from this anger, from this, ah, all this stuff in my head. It got me out of my head and into my body. And so that was really my first like experience with embodiment as we call it now. And as mm-hmm. it's such a buzzword right now. And as I work with right now, you know, getting out of my head and into my body through running. And so that kind of allowed me to open myself to love running and to see myself in new ways and to experience the love of movement. And then I think I started getting brave in college-ish age and started going to some different dance classes like belly dance mm-hmm. and pole oh, yeah. dance. Yeah. Right. And I, I went to, I did some African dance. I did some um, Latin dancing, like various classes and like uh, group fitness and also organized kind of teaching you routine type classes and also just exercise classes that were outside of the box, like uh, gyrotonics. Have you oh, heard of that one? No. Uh-uh. Yeah. So it's is it like, shake. is it kind of shaking? related? No, it's not. It's more like, and it's been a very long time since I've done it. So if anyone's listening and and knows gyrotonics, I might get this wrong, but very much circular movements, like very interesting, multi-planar, multi-directional. And that I think, even though like these circular movements that I felt in belly dance, like the hips or the hip stuff mm, uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah. Totally. And the circular serpentine movements really spoke to my soul. And I think it was sort of, um, it was like a busting out, like a process of like, whoa, I don't have to be this stiff, like stick lady that I always thought I was like, mm. there actually is something inside. And I, I know now that it's like my feminine energy, you know, like Ooh, my it's, it's like, wow. she woke up and, and it was still yeah. sort of scary and sort of like, well, I don't really know, but I knew that it is something I could do. And it felt good more than it just yeah. felt yummy. And, you yeah. know, like <laughs> it felt yummy. And that in is my body. so mm-hmm. interesting because obviously completely mm-hmm. different background, completely different path, but you know, I was super into salsa dancing, also very hip movement through the same exact stuff. I mean, I don't know if I would have ever thought of it in that same way, um, that it was like unlocking my feminine or whatever, but it absolutely was, um, in a completely different way, but because mine was so structured, I did feel, I think a little bit more, um, confined by it all. Mm -hmm. So I loved it. And I, I always would even just feel the music with my heart so much, but I was also everything I was doing was choreographed. So it felt like some, almost like chains (laughs) or like shackles, you know, um, to like the expression and, uh, yeah. So really interesting that, that it, yeah. 
Yeah, we that's so cool. I love this conversation, by the yeah. way. And <laughs> I have to say, Jenny was in, she danced at my wedding. I had I a know. folk dancer yeah. and I had a salsa dancer at my <laughs> wedding. And of course, that salsa dancer was Jenny and she just brought it. Oh my gosh, you all should see her dance. She is amazing. She's a fireball. She looks so great on the dance floor. And at the time I was just, and I still am in awe, but I also was completely still very, very intimidated by dance, mm-hmm. even at my wedding, which was now 18 years ago, if you can believe yeah, that. A oh long my time. gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to wrap up this whole dancing thing, yeah. I think I guess I've kind of shared a few times where I, I felt things kind of unlock, but I think the most recent time that really just was like, like world exploding type of thing is when, um, to nutshell the story, basically I started going to ecstatic dance yes. and it came at a time when I was starting to really do more unstructured dance on my own at home. And I'd, I'd always kind of, you know, danced around the kitchen a little bit, you know, that kind of thing. And I'd always done hip circles after, after I kind of got into the, the, the belly dance and all that. And I started actually teaching hip circles to my clients. And I started teaching more multi-planar movements to my clients. I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist for anyone listening. That's what I do. And so (laughs) working with the pelvic floor, working with the body, is very interesting to me. And I was doing things as exercises with my clients and as exercises on my own, but I had really started doing more kind of dance parties on my own at home and just putting on songs and seeing what happened and letting the music dance me, letting the music move me, you know, and I in, in like a safe space. So like in no one watching. Yeah, exactly. And and definitely alone. Like I didn't even want to dance with my husband around or my son around, nothing like that. Like it was for me, this was my time. And then I went to ecstatic dance where the cool thing about that is that it was still my time, but it was in a group of, of people who all were doing it in their own, you know, they were having their own time as well. So it's like everyone gathered, there's no talking, there's no real, even like particularly looking at one another. It's really everyone gathers together, no talking, no, no substances, no alcohol. It's not like a party atmosphere. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a time for people to gather and just let their hearts do what, or their bodies and hearts do whatever they want to do to the music. And there's no expectations of it has to look a certain way. You could literally lay on the ground or roll around on the floor or do child's pose the whole time, or you could move your body in, you know, flowing ways like a ballerina, or you can, you know, you can do whatever. And I just was like, whoa, for the first time, I felt so safe with people, which was very new for me to feel safe moving my body with other people around and free to express myself in exactly the way I felt to express myself in that moment. So that really started my love of ecstatic dance, which is definitely an unstructured, unchoreographed, just let the music move you away. And it's the only time in my very driven, very focused, very pretty structured life. It's one of the only times that I, I don't think, I don't think anything. There's nothing in my brain. I'm a hundred percent in my body. And it is like, it almost makes me emotional talking about it because it's so special to me to have this 
experience after so long too of, of being quite, you know, pretty disconnected from my body. So yeah, see, that's the most recent turning point And I just love it. That's amazing. It's funny. I have never done ecstatic dance. I've heard of it. And I actually, when, when someone told me about it, it like made me nervous. I was like, I don't know, getting out there with a bunch of people and like letting my body just do whatever, like that sounds terrifying. So like what, how did it go the first time? Like, were you, did you have to kind of like ease into it or did you just feel safe and with the people around and it just like kind of was super easy? And also what about the music? Like, did, did it just happen to be that whatever they played, like really felt good to you or are there certain DJs? Like, how does that go? I know music to me is like so personal, you know? Right, 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 right. Well, I think it was a combination of all sorts of things. And to just hit on your point about making it, it feeling kind of scary for you as a trained dancer, like you are, (laughs) I have a friend, a, a really good friend who's also a trained dancer. She was on dance team through high school and college. And like, she's jazz dancing is her thing. Like she's really good at dancing and she felt the exact same way about ecstatic dance. So maybe for me, I had the advantage of not being a dancer. It's like, I, I had, cause I think the thing, the thing you have to get over in any type of setting like that is the feeling that people are looking at you, but they're not. Like it's just for you. And so I think as a trained dancer, where you're used to being on stage and people looking at you, that's just in your cells. It's in your body that people are going to look at me and potentially judge me. And I could screw up in air quotes. I'd been screwing up my whole life and nobody was watching me anyway, because I was, I wasn't putting myself out there and I wasn't, you know, good in air quotes at dancing anyway. And so I didn't have any real preconceived notions about that. I did. I will say I did have to get over the hurdle of some fear that people might be looking at me and judging, but I got over that really quickly just because my particular ecstatic dance community is a very safe space where people are just in their own world. And it was very clear from the beginning that that's exactly how it was going to be. I I felt very, very free to do my own thing and just to dance like no one was watching because they weren't. Yeah. And about the music. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's just something to to touch on though, too, is that I think every ecstatic dance community will be different. And I think I got really lucky that the one that I, you know, the the town where I live now, I just, it clicks with me, like their style of music. It's always, um, they use uh, the set lists change every week, but it's always a real big variety of music, very world beats, a lot of Mm. like tribe, like kind of, um, like drumming and like different, different beats, but they tend to be something I really like. So for me, it works, but it won't be that way for everybody. And that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and maybe you have to, yeah, seek out other, you know, different groups or whatever, or start your own if you're like super into it. Do you have any, do you have any aspirations of, oh no, no, (laughs) definitely not starting my own. (laughs) However, however, that being said, I am bringing it more into my work. And so why don't you talk? I mean, if it's okay, if you don't mind sharing, you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah, that would be fun. Um, So I, I do pelvic floor physical therapy and I do most of my work online. And so I have, I have a lot of YouTube videos for just kind of public awareness and education about pelvic health. And then I have online courses as well. So my courses have been very, um, uh, I guess, structured and, and educational. There's exercise um, 
and it's, and it's fun. Like I try to always keep my exercises fun and multi-directional and very integrative of the whole body, not just like Kegel exercises or something like that. Like it's definitely yeah. full body functional fitness, but, but at the same time, the programs that I have for prolapse and for pelvic pain are wonderful foundational programs for knowledge about your body and how to help relieve your symptoms through exercise and lifestyle and a little bit of mind body connection stuff, but I'm really diving deeper into that mind body connection piece now. And so while I still have those foundational programs and they're just so important and I love them, I am moving more toward um, ways to balance and, calm our hyper-stimulated, hyper-aroused nervous systems that everyone on this planet is experiencing these days. And if you have a pelvic health issue, it's even more on high alert. Uh, people with pelvic pain, people whose bladders are constantly leaking. And so they're always afraid they're going to have an accident. Like this just heightens things even more. And so the more I can get people to come back into their bodies to learn to trust their bodies again, not just through factual mind knowledge, but also through getting into their bodies and calm their bodies, the better results I'm getting. And so that's the direction my work is going more. And I have a, a program that I'm currently developing right now that's called Lead with Pleasure. The name may change. I'm not sure. But right now that's what feels good. And it's going to incorporate um, dance and some of these more embodiment uh, practices that will help people feel more comfortable and safe in their own skin. Yeah, I I love this so much. And it's been really cool to watch you just like grow and evolve kind of your offering over time. It's so interesting. Just, you know, obviously we've known each other a really long time. And it's been so interesting to even see my own perspective shift as I watch what you're doing, because I think that this work is honestly like so relevant to everyone. Um, I've just recently, and I won't talk too much about this because I feel like it could be a whole nother conversation, but I just, just learning more about the sacral chakra and like everything that has to do with all of your sex organs and the pelvic area and all of that stuff is like so deep in, um, I don't know. There's, it's just like, there's so much there for all of us. Um, and even though I just kind of for a while had written off your stuff because I hadn't had a baby and I hadn't um, experienced any pelvic pain. Mm -hmm. But the more I listen, the more I realize that these are all really important things for all of us to be working through because the, like you said, this mind body connection, you can't just like omit a part of your body. You know what I mean? And say, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Like, it's so interesting. So I thank you for all of the work that you do. And it's been really fun to kind of like see it and just like realize how much value there is in it for everyone. I mean, men, women, like had kids, not had kids. Like, it's just, it's really interesting to me now. I'm so glad you said that because <laughs> I mean, first of all, thank you. I feel very seen and that it just feels good. I mean, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to need and, and crave that external validation, but you know what? Dang it. It feels sometimes it does sometimes feel good. It yeah. feels pretty good to be like, yes, this, what you're doing is important. And basically what I like to say is that you, you don't have to have a pelvic floor issue. You have a pelvic floor. Yeah, <laughs> Even if exactly. You don't have a pelvic floor issue. You still have a pelvic floor. You still have a pelvic bowl. You still have a part of your body that contains the most sacred, just creative 
organs, whether or not you choose to, or can have a child, you know, it doesn't have to, that that's just a small part of the creativity that this part of your body holds. And it's so important to honor and recognize that. And it often takes people developing an issue of some sort to even pay any attention at all to this part of the body. So it's really cool, Jen, that you are like, okay, I can kind of see some value in this now. Let's maybe look into this again. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, I mean, I feel like we've got, we like, I felt like we had an efficient conversation. <laughs> we got through a lot of stuff. Is there anything else that you feel like we need to touch on before we wrap up? Um, I mean, I don't know. I think maybe, I guess, should we say something about like, if people wanted to move more on their own at home or something oh. or like get started? I don't know. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, Do you have any ideas? Well, one thing that definitely came to mind, which maybe, you know, I could talk about a different time, but um, obviously, like you said, just dancing on your own, trying to get moving, um, walking outside, even just to start getting like the blood flowing and things like that. But one thing that is just like, that came out of nowhere for me, and you've talked a little bit about before is shaking your body. So that is like, even if you're not dancing, sometimes literally just like shaking your body out feels so good. Oh so yes. I don't know. That's one, one easy thing that I also know that's like movement related that doesn't require any skill. And I just kind of like let my body do whatever it wants and shake the areas. I mean, it's, I start with my hands and like my feet and then just kind of see if any other part of my body needs to like shake out the cobwebs. <laughs> yeah. I love that one. That is Perfect. And I think in that vein, just kind of talking about shaking and, um, you know, movement, breath, and sound are three mm. tools that we really use a lot in the embodiment work that I, that I like to do. And yeah. so movement, breath and sound and shaking, but also sounding like huh, sighing, sighing mm-hmm. loudly. I think it's really astonishing how I've started shake. I shake all the time and I actually have like a regular practice where I go to this certain spot in my, in the, in a park nearby and I just shake. It's I'm kind of the weirdo who shakes, but the thing is once I started shaking and sounding out the pressures that build up in the body, the, the emotional and mental just stressors that add up, even if they're not, you know, super big deal things things are adding up in the body all day long. Always. Now that I know and have felt what it feels to release those, I am astonished at how much pressure does build up throughout the day that for the first 40 years of my life, I never released any of it except, you know, when I ran, that's what my running was doing. Exactly. Even realizing it. But now that I'm shaking, I can have something happen. Like I can get a, an email from a customer who's maybe it's not very, it doesn't make me feel very good or or something like that. And I'm like, whoa, now I can feel what that does in my body. Whereas before I would have just moved on with my day and maybe been like a little angry about it or frustrated or whatever. But now I'm like, okay, I can feel that. Now I have a tool to move it through. I can acknowledge that it hurts and I can ah, sigh, or I can just shake it out, like shimmy my shoulders and just like shake my out. And so that's really powerful. Um, I love that because it's, yeah. And it is that acknowledgement of the fact that you're feeling something that's so important and then, and then, and then like moving it through. Yeah. Like 
okay, this has come into my body. It's here. Like, I'm not going to ignore it or avoid it. I'm going to just allow it to run its course through. And it's so interesting how easily it will leave if you just kind of allow it to. It's just, yeah, I have, I have definitely noticed that as well. I have some other um, techniques, um, but they're not really related to movement. So we'll, maybe I'll leave that for a different day, but yeah. Another time. Yeah. I think shaking is a great place to start. And I mean, the only, I would just add one more thing and that's, it's kind of two ends of the same coin though, but one is about music and the other one is actually about silence. <laughs> and yes, I would yes, say, totally. I think both are very important. I think silence is actually incredibly important and undervalued whenever I go on a walk, which is a great embodiment practice. And so simple, you're being embodied. If you're on a walk, you're in your body, but if you're on the phone with, you know, catching up with friends, not that any of this is bad, none of this is bad, but like if you're taking phone calls or if you're listening to a podcast, thinking about things, if you're even listening to music, sometimes, sometimes music can really get me in my body, but sometimes it takes me out. Basically, I think there is a lot of value in actually having nothing, going on a walk, going out in nature, complete silence. It really allows you to notice your body in space and it allows you to notice everything around you, like the the little flower that's growing through the pavement sidewalk cracks or whatever it is. So silence can actually really help with embodiment, but then finding music that you really love that may be different from the top 40 pop station on the radio, you know, that's, that's all I used to listen to is like the, the, the music that was like popular music. And now I don't ever listen to pop. I have no clue. I don't either right now, no clue, but it took kind of going into the rabbit hole of exploring different styles that, that I liked that may be different from other people. And who cares if it's popular, who cares if the band is a well-known band, like just exploring different styles of music, because um, music does, it, it really can for people help them want to just start moving, you know, yes. but it has to be music that speaks to you. So really yes. start exploring uh, different things that are not on the radio. My niece actually um, was showing me in Spotify that there's like an AI generator thing that kind of like puts together new playlists for you. And it's yeah. so cool. And I did it just last night. Um, and I was like, oh, you know what? I really want, like, I'm, th- I'm going to have a little party for wag theory and I wanted background music that was like positive or like happy because that's really I mean most anything I listen to these days is like an upbeat message I just mm-hmm. find that that is what I'm always needing yeah. and so anyway I just like wrote in like back um background music positive happy and then like this amazing playlist showed up of all songs I had never heard before and I really liked them like so it it exposed to like new artists and like different types Mm -hmm. of music so yeah totally so I love and for anyone if they are looking for a specific platform I would highly recommend Spotify which you just recommended because it does have that that you just talked about but it also has ways that if you have like select songs that you do like it can do this thing called like smart shuffle where it like adds songs to your yeah. playlist you created that kind of go with the vibe that you are that you already like so there's yeah. all sorts of cool things about Spotify so yeah <laughs> awesome well cool well that's 
I don't know. I feel like we gave a lot of good nuggets and yeah, I, I yeah. learned a few things too. So thank oh. you so, so much. You, I like you. you're my very first guest on the show. Oh. So thank you so much. And it's amazing because you're also like one of my like, you know, childish, longstanding friendships. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just so excited to see where we both go from here. But thank you so much for being here and thank I'm you, sending Jen. you so much love. Okay. Talk okay. to you soon. Bye. Bye.